We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown. Yeah, you heard it there in the intro. This is Candlestick Chronicles. He's Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers at the NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. We've got 49ers roster breakdowns that we're going to start doing on a weekly basis. But first, Chris, the Heat, did you have to beat it today? I did not. It was a little chilly, actually. A little chilly. There was a hint of, of rain overnight. It was a little wet outside. Um, it's very weird. I feel like the weather would be much more of a story, just the odd nature of it this spring, if there wasn't other stuff happening yeah, that was impacting you know, our daily lives. Global pandemic. <laughs> yes, one of, <laughs> one of those. It was, and that's what's so unique about, about the Bay Area. I'm sure a lot of people that, that listen to this podcast live or have lived at some point or visited the Bay Area. I live about a an hour drive east of San Francisco. You live an hour-ish, maybe a little more south of San Francisco. And 
the weather at my home, the weather in San Francisco, and the weather where you are was all like a little bit different today. Yeah, it's very strange. So when I first moved to the South Bay in 2013, it was during the drought where it was basically even in like February, it was like 70 and sunny. And then in the summertime, it would be like 90 and sunny. So there wouldn't be a huge amount of difference. And this spring, like two days ago, it was 90 degrees here. And then there was it like rained overnight and it was cold today. I don't know what's happening. I'm very confused. Um, I've been stuck inside for a long time as everybody has. So there, there, there are things just piling up that are, that are confusing me and bewildering me at this point, but we're pushing through. We're potting. I'm so proud of us. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so like I said, we're going to start doing roster breakdowns. There's not a lot of news going on. Um, so, so we're going to start going through the Niners roster and just go position by position. When there's roster battles, we'll talk about those. We're going to start with the quarterback position where, uh, despite what the post-Super Bowl analysis might have made you think, there's no position battle for the Niners at quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. Uh, Nick Mullins, C.J. Beathard, Brock Rutter are the other three quarterbacks on the roster. We'll start with those guys each individually, and then we'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo here in a little bit because I think you and I both have similar feelings about, (laughs) about the Niners quarterback and kind of some of the prevailing talking points around him uh, over the offseason. So let's start with Nick Mullins, who for me has the QB2 spot locked up. Like it went in, we went in last year, we went in thinking, okay, it's C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins. They're on an, they're on an even playing field, clean slate going in. They got treated as such during the preseason and through camp. Nick Mullins... Won the won the backup job because he is a, I think, a better player. Maybe not more talented, but I think he's better than Beathard. Um, do you think that's going to be the case again this year, where Nick Mullins is the QB two? Yeah, I would think so. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I, I I have no reason to believe that anything happened last year that would make Kyle Shanahan change his mind. Now, there's a possibility that C.J. Beathard comes in and has a better training camp. Um, than Mullins and and I think Beathard will always have somewhat of a leg up because he was a draft pick and I know people outside the building are very eager to um, to to move on from Beathard and well, you know why why do the 49ers have three quarterbacks on the roster um, Beathard obviously didn't play at all uh, Mullins only got in one game I think that was week two in Cincinnati if I if I'm not mistaken um, in mop-up duty. And, uh, and so, yeah, it, it would be surprising to me if Beathard somehow unseated him, but, uh, Beathard is somebody that Kyle Shanahan really likes, and he's very much liked in the locker room. Um, when everything happened with his brother during the season, I forget which game that was. Was it the Rams game late in the year? I think, um, I mean, it was a huge, a, a huge event for, for the entire team. Um, his brother was murdered um, in Nashville at a at a bar. Uh, they got there was an altercation altercation, but anyway, it was it was a really big thing inside the locker room because everybody reveres Beathard um, as a man and as a teammate so much, and so that's that's not lost. You talk, you know, we talk about culture all the time and why that's so important for the Forty ers Beathard is a part of that culture. Now, 
He is a number three quarterback, so you're pretty limited in terms of how much command of the locker room, I guess, you can have when, when that's right. your, your role on the team. But no, to answer your question, I don't think, unless Mullins just comes out and isn't nearly as good, um, I, I would be very surprised if there was any change there. Um, and I think Mullins is fine. I, I think he's, you know, he's probably in the in the top third of in terms of backups you'd want on your team. And and Bethard might be the the best number three quarterback in the league. If um, and I don't think anybody should do the research um, because I haven't. That's just that's that's just an assumption I guess I'm making that Bethard's probably a pretty good for for number three compared to other guys. Given that yeah, he was probably. A, given that he was drafted um, on day two and all that. And he's now had, this will be his fourth season in Kyle Shanahan's system. So um, he should be, he should be fine for a number three guy, I guess. But no, Mullen, it's Mullen's job for now. And, uh, and barring like, a dr- if there are preseason games, barring a significant change, I, I don't think that's going to, that's going to change much on the depth chart. So Mullins is, or not Mullins, but Beathard, do you think is locked in as, as the third quarterback? Yeah, I think so. And maybe they trade him. I mean, there, there's a possibility that um, the 49ers decide, hey, we don't need to we don't need three quarterbacks on the roster. Beathard's entering the last year of his contract. So maybe we trade him and get something for him now because another team might be willing to offer a little bit more than they would get normally uh, because there's an injury or something. Um, so that that scenario exists because. Uh, the 49ers certainly didn't need a third quarterback last year. Um, Beathard wasn't active all 16 regular season games and the playoffs. Mullins only played one game, like I mentioned. So trading him, you know, if you could get a six-round pick for him or, you know, maybe some team likes him enough, goes back to, you know, their scouting report before the draft and they were really high on him and, and even wanted to draft him or whatever, and they say, yeah, well, maybe we'll give you, you know, a fifth or it, more likely it'll be a sixth or seventh, but... Best case scenario, the 49ers could co- coerce a team into into giving them sure. a fifth, and then um, you know you're in a pretty good spot if if that's what we're looking at. But I'm guessing because we're probably not going to have a preseason training camp's going to be pretty limited. I don't know that teams are necessarily going to be dying to go outside their building looking for quarterback help, but right. it is something to consider throughout the season. Like if you know if if that's a useless roster spot, the third quarterback that the 49ers trading Beathard certainly can't be ruled out. Well, and the fourth quarterback on the roster is fascinating. Uh, undrafted rookie Brock Rutter from North Central College. It's a D3 school up there in Illinois. I'm surprised if you haven't heard of it. Minnesota, huh? Uh, what, did I, what did I say? Illinois. He's from Illinois. From Illinois, okay. Uh, North Central College um located in i'm gonna get the exact uh now now i'm curious you're forgiven Uh, i think it's in minneapolis uh but he won the uh gagliardi trophy illinois oh i got bad information then (laughs) okay fair enough uh so brock rudder undrafted rookie out of north central college in illinois it's a d3 school he was a four-year starter he started every game he played uh, at North Central, his freshman year as a true freshman, he threw for 3,237 yards and 38 touchdowns. Uh, over the last two seasons, he threw 80 
six touchdowns and eight interceptions. Pretty which good. Is really good. <laughs> and it's one of those things where uh, he's not going to come in and unseat a starter, but uh, I'm intrigued to see what he does bring and if his numbers are, are purely a, 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 a product of the level he played at which I'm sure that has something to do with it, but like you don't suck and start at any college program for four years. So I'm fascinated to see what Brock Rudder can do uh, in the NFL it's, and, and see what, what, uh, what kind of spot he has on, on either the practice squad or if he sneaks in as a third quarterback. He sort of feels like he has more potential than like Wilton Spate yeah, or right? Jack Hennigan who yeah. were, who are the four, four, fourth string quarterbacks uh the last two years and of course nick mullins that's where he was before he ended up being the backup um so that's not to say that you know that that's the trajectory that rudder's on because we haven't even seen him play yet and i'll admit i haven't taken the dive into um d3 film yet i've watched none of him i've watched (laughs) him play zero snaps of football yeah his numbers are super impressive don't really know what what to look for there but um but yeah, I mean, somebody who was that effective obviously can, you know, can read defenses and, and, and do some things and they, you know, people will say, well, he hasn't, he hasn't played it against any good competition yet. Well, yeah, he's also never had NFL teammates either. Um, so that, that's, that's another thing like, you know, he's going to be throwing to the best receivers he's ever thrown to probably the best route runners. Um, so that it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, it's, it's the preseason. Um, I despise the preseason as much as anybody, but there is value for somebody like Rudder. If he plays well, like Nick Mullins did um, in 2017 and 2018, then we might be talking about him in a similar vein as somebody the 49ers could develop and uh, eventually come in and, and maybe, like we said, like talking about trading CJ Beathard, maybe Brock Rudder having him and, and, you know, him showing any sort of promise in training camp in the preseason could be the avenue towards getting a an extra draft pick for C.J. Beathard because you won't need that third guy. And an interesting story about Brock Rudder, too. The 49ers, after they had signed all their undrafted rookies, had $279 of money left from their UDFA pool, so they sent it to Brock Rudder as a signing bonus, which I thought was which I thought was pretty funny. Two hundred seventy nine bucks. Two hundred seventy nine dollars signing bonus. <laughs> so okay, so if you got believed to be the smallest in NFL history, if you got a two hundred seventy nine dollars signing bonus for signing with an NFL team, how would you spend it? I would invest it. <laughs> oh, no, I, I imagine no, no, I for <laughs> sure wouldn't. I imagine it depends on like, like right now, if someone gave me two hundred seventy nine dollars, I would do something like go out to a decent dinner or go pick up a decent dinner and bring it home and then order maybe like a new podcast microphone. Like oh, there you my go. Podcast setup. Maybe that's an investment. Yeah, I know it. Uh, <laughs> that, that might be the move. Um, I got to put gas in my car. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the move. What would you do with it? I'd probably take somebody out, uh, to like a nice restaurant. Once we're allowed to go to a nice restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, amid the coronavirus, I might uh, maybe get some clippers. Oh, for your for the old hairdo. Ass hair, yeah. Um, 
<laughs> Let's see. Maybe some uh, some weights. I don't have any weights oh, at home, smart. and those yeah, are, the, really the price has gone up on those a lot. So, yeah, if I was joining an NFL team, it'd probably be important to be in good shape when uh, yeah. whenever you report it. So maybe some weights. It's a great point. What we're going to do now, though, is we're going to take a quick break. Guys, looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, get to BlueChew.com. BlueChew.com is the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And since they're chewable, they work faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't need to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line. Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost and once approved, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. Here's a great deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping again. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code BLUEWIRE. With currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and it's all online. Go to betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. All right, so let's get to the uh, the starter here. Let's get to Jimmy Garoppolo. Coming off his first full season as a starter, uh, went 13-3. and Um... Did you I'm just QB a, wins this thing? Yeah, I did. I okay. did. Um, because I want to. I want to use that as a jumping off point. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna flip the the rundown over here. Okay. What are you expecting from Garoppolo in his second full season? And do you think there is a a leap for him to take? Because the the last two times a quarterback has gotten a second full season under under Shanahan save for uh Robert Griffin the third who did not have a good second season uh Matt Schaub took a pretty took a pretty significant step forward and then Matt Matt Ryan took a took a huge leap into the MVP stratosphere Jimmy Garoppolo last season uh close to 4,000 yards 3,978 he completed 69.1 percent of his passes uh, so he did a nice job there. 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He was uh, 8.4 yards per attempt. I, that's not bad. It's not, no, that's so, good. Yeah, I, I. So when I when I talk about Garoppolo taking a step forward this year, I don't think he's going to go 5,000 yards, 40 touchdowns, six interceptions. Like I don't think there's that kind of leap. But is there an improvement he can make statistically? And where do you think that comes? Yeah, so it starts with interceptions and and turning the ball over, right? Like, ball security in the pocket wasn't great. Um, The Niners' pass protection at times wasn't great. And I think um, there's probably 
going to be an improvement made at right guard in pass protection, which was an issue at times, particularly going against guys like Chris Jones and Grady Jarrett and, um, and, uh, what's the Rams? Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. There we go. Uh, Quarantine brain coming in at full effect. (laughs) Um, Aaron Donald. And so, yeah, I, I think, you know, whether it's Tom Compton or, um, Daniel Brunskill is probably the favorite, or even Colton McKivitz, the fifth-round pick. Uh, I think those guys are probably going to offer the 49ers an upgrade in pass protection. So that will certainly help. But for Garoppolo, like I went back recently and, and watched a couple of his games from the beginning of the year, and he just wasn't that sharp, but he was super sharp at the end of the year, with the exception, obviously, of the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and there were just a few plays here and there where you're like, what are you doing? And, and I think you just, if you just cut those in half, cut those bad decisions in half, those bad throws in half, I think you're going to be in a really good spot with Garoppolo. Because if you look at last season as a baseline, um, like, all right, finally started 16 games during the regular season for the first time in his career to throw for almost 4,000 yards, complete 69% of his passes um, 8.4 yards per attempt, like you said, and have a passer rating over a hundred. I mean, it was a good season. And, you know, I don't know that, like you, like you mentioned, I don't know that Garoppolo is going to be an MVP, but like the Niners offense was still really good <laughs> with, right. with a baseline version of Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like Jimmy Garoppolo in his first year as a starter led the eighth ranked offense overall from a yardage standpoint. Um, third highest scoring per game, 29.6 points per game, um, points per play in terms of efficiency. They were second in the league, uh, fourth overall in yards per play, fifth overall in third down conversion. Um, you're not a bad quarterback if that's what your offense is doing, right? Yeah. So if you cut down on turnovers, um, your weapons improve and, and that remains to be seen if they will, though I, I do think Debo Samuel has a chance to to ascend to stardom this year and whether or not Brandon Ayuk can come in and and be a good complement to that and the rest of the receiving core is, is a pretty significant question mark at this point but given that the 49ers offense moved the way it did without getting super elite quarterback play but like getting good quarterback play I think that bodes really well for the 49ers um, particularly during an offseason in which continuity is going to be really important like can you imagine mm-hmm. now and, you know, the whole Tom Brady discussion happened long before the the pandemic came about. Could you imagine if the 49ers had made that decision to go with Tom Brady and then all of a sudden there's no offseason program? And it's like, all right, Tom Brady, we, we need to make a new offense for Tom Brady that he knows that is going to help us win the Super Bowl in an offseason where we can't get on the field. That would be really tough. Um, yeah. So continuity is a huge thing. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo has been uh, extremely quiet this offseason. I think the only thing, <laughs> the only Jimmy Garoppolo um, content, I guess, that there's been has been uh, a thing where he was talking with fans on the Niners team site for social media or whatever. Um, not a whole lot of uh, tough questions being ans- asked of him there. Um, and we're still trying to get Garoppolo to, to talk to reporters. He has not yet. Coward. Um, 
<laughs> that might not I'm matter joking, to fans, but it's like, you know, we've, we've talked to a bunch of players and some stuff has happened with, you know, Joe Staley, obviously, and Garoppolo um, has been the guy that we haven't talked to yet. But at some point we will when he's made available. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for a baseline, 2019 was a really good season for Garoppolo in his first full season as a starter. And if he's able to build off that, like we've seen with other Kyle Shanahan quarterbacks, like you mentioned, then I think the 49ers are going to be in a great spot. Now there is a chance and we've seen it happen before too, that quarterbacks regress. But I think the way Kyle Shanahan's offense is going to evolve the way the players around Jimmy Garoppolo are going to get better. I am not expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to regress. I'm expecting him to get better. And I think he's going to have to get better if the 49ers are going to, are going to go back to the Super Bowl because I've said it before, but like, I think the defense is going to take a little bit of a step back. And if that happens, you make up the difference with your quarterback play. Mm -hmm. Um, And the Niners could be even better this year if Garoppolo is significantly better, because as you know, Kyle Shanahan and Garoppolo both said it like um, he won't be dealing with an ACL injury this offseason. He'll actually be practicing football and working on getting better at football. Um, And to use his words, he said, you know, I won't have to relearn how to run again this offseason like I did last offseason. So that's important. And and I think Garoppolo is good. Um, Is he elite? I don't know. I think that's a dumb conversation. Is he top five? Probably not. Definitely not. Is he top 10? I think you can make an argument. Um, Is he top 12? For sure. Is he so like you're fine. Like this is a guy that went and had really big performances in New Orleans and in Seattle. And if he makes another play in the Baltimore game, they win that game. And we're talking about, you know, right. He's one or two plays from, from being unquestionably elite. Like that's where the line is here. Right. Like the, the fact of the matter is Jimmy Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl, and finding a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl is very, very difficult. And the 49ers have one of them. And I I think an important thing you you hit on it when you talked about Garoppolo last off season had to spend majority of the off season learning how to run again. And I think the, 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 the big talking point with Garoppolo is they, they steered the offense away from him, but in his first eight games, he averaged 28 attempts a game, not a lot. Uh, 225 yards, and through his first eight games, he was on pace for 3,600 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. But then his final eight games, you know, when he's starting to get more comfortable on that ACL, he's starting to get more comfortable in the offense. He averaged 31 attempts a game, 271 and a half yards. He was on pace for over 4,300 yards, 28 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Uh, And he did that with a 103.3 rating and nearly 8.7 yards per attempt. He yeah, was think, so much significantly better in the back half of last season. And that includes that stretch against Green Bay, Baltimore, and New Orleans. Uh, that includes that awful Monday night game against Seattle. And his numbers are still very good. And yeah. I think if you're if you're projecting Garoppolo into 2020, I think the much more worthwhile exercise is taking the back half of last year than the front half of last year. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, but I I do think the Emmanuel Sanders addition slash loss is a significant part yeah. of this conversation because Garoppolo's numbers took off basically the same time that Sanders got there. Um, I don't remember all the numbers off the top of my head, but I, I remember writing about it a lot. Garoppolo had one of the three best passer ratings 
uh, in the entire NFL over the final, what, 10 games that Sanders was yeah. there. 20 touchdowns, 7 picks, and a 108.1 rating. Right. I think the only quarterback who was better statistically was Ryan Tannehill. Um, hmm. So, yeah. And and what happened in the playoffs, like, I I see both sides of it, right? Like, well, why aren't you throwing it more with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, if you don't have to and you can just run it down somebody's throat, then why even risk it, right? But there was also the interception he threw late in the first half against Minnesota, and then in the second half, it was basically all running because Shanahan's like, screw this, we're not, you know, the only way Minnesota beats us is if we if is if we make mistakes, and we're just going to run it down their throat because we can. The Green Bay game, so that that is an indictment a little bit of Garoppolo. The Green Bay game, they were not stopping the running game at all, so I don't find that, I don't find the fact that the that Garoppolo only had eight pass attempts. I like that to me doesn't seem like an indictment of Garoppolo. To me, it's like you have a you're having an historic performance on the ground. Um, like just keep doing it. Like you're you're gonna roll this team if you don't turn the ball over, and that's what the 49ers did. They rolled the Packers because the Packers couldn't stop the run at all, and the 49ers knew that going into the game. Um. So I don't, I'm, I'm very much not a hot take artist and I try really hard not to participate in those types of conversations on Twitter or whatever, but like, I I think Garoppolo is good enough. Um, I think he could get to that top tier of quarterbacks, particularly some of these other guys age out of the league. Mm -hmm. I think he has the potential. I think he has the, the head coach. Um, I think he has a talent around him potentially. Like if Brandon Ayuk, you know, two years down the road turns into what the 49ers think he's going to be, which is some version of Isaac Bruce, if you believe what Chris Sims says he heard from Kyle Shanahan. Um, you know, Hall of you Famer pair, Isaac Bruce. Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce. You pair you pair that with Debo Samuel and George Kittle and a really good running game, which the 49ers are more than likely going to continue having as long as Shanahan's here. Um, Garoppolo is going to be good and he's going to be good enough to win, win a Super yeah, Bowl. And, and, I, and I, you don't always need yeah. the most elite quarterback to win. I mean, the Chiefs have it right now, but we've seen it like Joe Flacco, Nick Foles. Um, you know, like there, there are a lot of examples where you don't have the best quarterback in the league, but you're, you have the best team and you win a Super Bowl. And I think the next level for Garoppolo, like we talked about stats, but I think the next level for Garoppolo is, and I mean, he, he did it last year when the defense faltered, he put the offense on his back and he did it twice against Arizona. He did it in new Orleans. Uh, like we we've seen him win a game with his arm before. Uh, I think what'll be interesting to see this year is if they move him around a little more now that he's more comfortable on his, on his knee um, and seeing what that opens up. Uh, but I think the only major thing that, I think he needs to get significantly better at is not throwing it at the other team. Absolutely. Like he had, he had 13 interceptions last year. It could have been 20. Like it felt, it felt like there were a lot of throws uh, into, into dangerous areas. And, yeah, and he, he also had he, a few passes that were dropped by receivers yeah. that shouldn't have been picks. Yeah, that that's, that's also true. So I, I think that's kind of the only real uh, issue. And then he holds onto the ball a little bit too long sometimes. Yep. Like I think he took several unnecessary sacks last year. Yep. But 
Um, I mean, there there are worse qualities to to see in a quarterback. So he does not throw the ball away hardly ever. No, and he needs to do that way more often because yeah. uh, I think he throws some interceptions trying to force balls in, and he takes some unnecessary sacks uh, by not by not getting rid of it. So um, I, I think those are the two major things. But like I said, ultimately, like he can win a Super Bowl. We saw that last year. He was uh, one or two plays away from winning that game. And it's not like game in and game out, they were losing because of Garoppolo. Like, I think people take the postseason and they go, well, if he can't perform in the postseason, he can't perform at all. And that's just not the case. That's just not how it works. Uh, I, I expect Garoppolo to be better this year. And I, I expect his numbers to to inflate quite a bit, uh, especially if the defense regresses some, which I which I expect it to. Now, it's worth pointing out, regular season, 8.36 yards per attempt. Um, very good, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, postseason, 7.36. Not as good. Not as good. So <laughs> he completed just 11-19 against Minnesota. Um, a very good defense, but like we said, they went heavy on the ground game in the second half. Um, particularly after that interception, six of eight for 77 yards against the Packers, um, 104.7 rating there, <laughs> solid, and a, uh, a a pretty bad 69.2 rating in the Super Bowl, but was good for three quarters. Right. And I was I was having discussions, you know, I was sitting next to some national writers in the press box in Miami, and everybody, you know, they had votes for for MVP, and I was like, you know, I brought it up like in because the Niners were winning and it was around the time that um, that Tavarius Moore intercepted uh, Patrick Mahomes for the second interception of the game. And it was like, well, who's the MVP going to be? And I'm like, well, it's either going to be Garoppolo or whoever catches the touchdown. And at like, you know, yeah. people, people were agreeing like, yeah, Garoppolo's numbers are pretty good. And if he, if he orchestrates like a game winning drive, it's probably got to be him because you're not going to give it to one player in the Niners defense. Um, but alas, I mean, obviously, although you know, Nick Bosa could have gotten it, <laughs> Bosa could have gotten it. If he had made really one more play <laughs> and the Niners won, then yeah, Bosa definitely could have gotten it. If he recovers that, that fumble he forced on Patrick Mahomes, I, I think, right. Bosa. but anyways, he was, uh, he was uh, very good in the Super Bowl. Good player. Nick Bosa. He was the best player on the field by like a lot. <laughs> right. Uh, well, yeah. Until Mahomes happened. Well, yeah, but Hey. Okay. Come on, we're pandering. Okay, pandering. <laughs> so I, I I think that's where the Garoppolo conversation kind of starts and ends for me. Is they're not going to lose games because of him necessarily. Uh, he may not win 14 or 15 games for them, but I, I don't think he's going to be what holds them back. And I'm very interested to see this year because, as you mentioned, he threw that interception against the the Vikings to, to Eric Kendricks. And, and I think through, what was it, like 16 passes over the next six quarters? I, I forget the exact stat, but it was he did not throw a lot right. for the rest of that game and then the NFC Championship. And then you had the way Kyle Shanahan handled the end of the first half. Uh, there, there were a few times where it looked like he didn't want to put the ball in Garoppolo's hands, and I'm interested to see if that's something that happens more this season. 
Well, Garoppolo's best throw of the game probably came before halftime, right? Yeah. Great point to George, George Kittle. Kittle's offensive pass interference, which like Kyle Shanahan gets ripped for that. If Kittle, if, if Kittle is not flagged, if that's not a penalty, the Niners have two chances and a timeout uh, from what the eight yard line or whatever with 13 seconds left, I think it was to score a touchdown. Um, right. If, if that's the position they're in, then everyone's wow. Shanahan handled that perfectly. Right. Scored, yep. put points on the board. Didn't give Mahomes any time before the half, but because because George Kittle pushed off and was flagged for it, everybody blames Shanahan. And I guess you can do that, but it's like you're you're blaming, you know, you're you're going off the result and not the process, where right, the process exactly. would have been exactly the same had Kittle not been flagged, and then they would have been, you know, it, it anyway. I, I the the criticism of that, um, I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but yeah, I, I think. Right. To your point, Garoppolo is good enough. Right? It's good enough. All right. I don't, I, I don't want to relitigate the whole Super Bowl because we could spend a, six hours doing that. But <laughs> the, Jimmy Garoppolo completes that throw to George Kittle. It's a much different game. The, I hate this word, but I'm going to use it, narrative around him is much different. And, and I think that just kind of goes to show how fickle these conversations can be. Uh, whether a guy is considered good or trash is based on one or two games. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo was really good last year, and I think he's going to be better this year. And it sounds like you agree with me, which is my main goal at all these podcasts. <laughs> Can I ask you one one final question before we get out of here? I guess. If yeah. Garoppolo completes a pass to Emmanuel Sanders, which he overthrew, mm-hmm. and the Niners win the game, is your radio station, not your show, but anybody on the station, is is there a segment talking about, is Jimmy Garoppolo a Hall of Famer slash the next Steve Young slash the next Joe Montana? Oh, 100%. Right. It so would it's, be, that's, it's, that's, that's a Joe Montana play. Right. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a thousand percent where the, where the take machine would be. So we're talking about the difference being like two throws. You know, between yeah, right. like Jimmy Garoppolo if, needs to be replaced and Jimmy Garoppolo is a Hall of Famer. And go 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 watch the All Twenty Two Game Pass is free right now. Go go get NFL Game Pass. Watch the All Twenty Two of the Super Bowl. One of the throws, at least one of the throws, Chris Jones bats down. George Kittle is one on one with Terrell Suggs. Right, and wide open. That, that's yeah. a that's a tutty. So like, <laughs> um, anyway, like I said, I'm done. I'm done doing that. Okay. Uh, thanks everybody for listening chris next next this week the next episode we record our first episode of the old rush yes i'm looking forward to it me too uh we're so so if you if you missed the explainer last podcast we are going to start with week one 2011 jim harbaugh's first game as the 49ers head coach and we're just going to go back through uh some some old Niners games from the Harbaugh era. Maybe we'll dip into a couple in the Tom Sula Kelly era if you want. Uh, <laughs> uh. I'd be fine skipping it. Uh, but basically just kind of tracking how we got here. Uh, we're going to have different different segments and and things for each game. So if you want to rewatch that game and kind of go back through it with us, uh, please do. Like I said, I think Game Pass is free right now. There's a ton of games on YouTube. Week 1, 2011, Jim Harbaugh's first game. We'll be discussing that on the old rush, and that's uh, that'll drop, I believe, Friday. 
I really want to do. I just decided uh, Niners Bengals 2015. Oh, dude, the one where Andy Lee took the safety on purpose at the end of the game. Uh, <clears throat> was that 25? I'm talking about the home oh, the, the home game for Jim Tom Sula. Oh, uh, the uh... it was a Niners win. I remember that because they they actually were not a completely mm-hmm. horrendous team at home. Wait, are you sure they lost to AJ McCarron? Did they lose to AJ McCarron? Am I yeah, totally screwing thinking, this up? Are you thinking the Falcons game where Blaine Gabbert started and they won? Oh, that might be it. We can do that game. I'm super down. Didn't they? I, didn't all five of their wins come at home? That sounds right. Didn't they go five and three at home? Yeah, they beat what the Vikings week one. Beat Falcons. I, uh, I'm I'm just I give up. Scrolling through here. Let me find their 2015 wins. I'm very curious. Hey, we're deciding now that the old rush is going to include games from 2015. So buckle up, folks. They beat the Ravens at home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kaepernick hit Torrey Smith for a deep tutty in that one. Um, They beat the Bears uh, in Chicago. I was going to go to that one. Yeah, Blaine Gabbert to Torrey Smith in OT. That was a very fun win, Um, according to Jed York on Twitter. Lost next week to uh, Johnny Menzel and the Cleveland Browns. Brutal. And Johnny Menzel's only one as a starter. That's not true, I don't think, but... Feels like it. For a long true. time, it was the Browns' last win. We should <laughs> do a segment on, like, something that's not true but feels true. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm so, that's, 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 that's happening for sure. So, week one, 2011, on the Old Rush, coming up Friday. Make sure to check your feeds. Download, subscribe, rate, review, do all that jazz. Uh, We love it. We really appreciate you guys, and we will talk to you later on this week. Jeep Chris, offensive coordinator for 2015-49. Is that one of those things that's not true but feels true? Uh, It's true (laughs) and feels true.